What is up, everybody? We have, and I say we because I have Jim to my right, we have 10 minutes to talk about, and I can't believe we haven't talked about it. How has this happened? What has the world come to? The 30-06. Yes, welcome back to one of our cartridge talks with the Ryan Muckenhern sitting across from us right now. Ryan, this thing is, I mean, we've, I guess we've talked about it in other capacities, other places, other podcasts. We kind of deemed the it the 100th episode. The 100th episode. We talked about it. We talked about it. We kind of deemed it was America's cartridge in another a debate type topic. But now we're, 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 we're distilling it down. We're focused in this 10 minute talk, nine minutes, 30 seconds about right now, Ryan. Tell us about the iconic 30 yacht six. The year was 1906. Technically, the year was 1903. And then later on, it became 1906, three years later. That's where the Ot 6 comes from. <clears throat> Correct, yeah. A refined version of a former cartridge, the 3003. We have the 30 Ot 6. Is the 03 from that's 1903? Okay. Yeah. Right. What did they come up? What did they do in 1903 that they were like, mm, no, you know what? Three years later, change it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, new bullet profile, little bit of case to mention change, mostly the bullet. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we went from like a round nose to a Spitzer type. And oh, then, got it. They were still stuck in their old ways back in 03. Where they oh, were yeah. Like, oh, yeah, round nose is the way. Yep. It's like uh, it's like VHS. Yeah. Nobody will ever come out with anything better than that. There is a subset of people listening Wait, to this right now that have no idea about VHS. That's crazy. Yeah, you're right. That's crazy. It's true. Okay, there's something different than VHS? Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll okay. show it to you sometime. I don't know. You so, haven't been to Blockbuster in a while, have you? Ryan, do you know, you know, kind of the round nose versus the Spitzer, was that a, like, they they didn't have the capability to do that style of bullet yet, or they just hadn't figured out that that was, like, a better option? Spitzer, Spitzer profile bullets were very new on the scene. Okay. Very. So hot in 06. So hot. And so, like, this was the modern evolution of, yeah. the, proje- of the projectile. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, we're, t- we're talking everything from, like, the way that bullets are made to metallurgy to, I mean, the whole gambit Yeah, changed. We, like, took the cartridge to a whole other level. And then, you know, more rifles. Right. Yeah. And so, 30-06 has, I mean, has been, I mean, I don't know if from its very onset, because I actually can't think that, you know, of anything really notable, because I'm not a cartridge encyclopedia like you, but, I mean, when I think back on it, I'm like, okay, the World Wars... Yeah, are really where the thirty out six like got a lot of its its gumption, if yeah. you will. Yeah. But I mean, prior to that, was it just kicking butt and taking names in terms of other cartridges? Or it, it was a government cartridge before it was anything else. So oh, in well, the, all right. Yeah, in the name, thirty out six government. True. Like it was it was a, a military cartridge. Wow. Yeah. And then probably Some a lot good. of its popularity came after the wars, where guys like, well, I got one of these, or I've shot one of these, and it yeah. worked. And it was like, boom. Some good things actually do come from the government. In fact, sometimes it was a different government back then. <laughs> True, it's very different country. Yeah, so it it was a it was a cartridge of war and work before it was anything else. Now, do you know? So, in in my readings, it sounds like it was used in machine guns and bolt action rifles. Yep. Was that crossover, I guess, intentional? So they could be like, hey, we've got kind of one kind of ammo we have to make. It's going to work in. Everything. So at the time, there really was very few cartridges. Period. Okay. So so we're looking at like, and not getting into some interesting specifics like thirty two ACP or, you know, thirty eight special things like this. But there was like thirty out six, forty five ACP, thirty eight special. I said I wasn't going to do it, but I did it. Um, and then fifty Browning machine gun. 
Okay. And and then like that was your palette. That was your gambit uh, of cartridges available. And so like for the the belt fed Browning machine gun, thirty out six, the nineteen oh three Springfield, the nineteen seventeen um, Remington Enfield, and then later on the M one Grand. Um, like that that was your thirty out six loadout. And those were the infantry rifles. Simpler times. Yeah. I know, right? Simpler times. I mean, you didn't have to think so much about, oh, is this one in 6.85, 7, is it 8? You know, it yeah. just, it just then, was what it was. And then there was a couple <laughs> other... And it worked. Yeah. yeah. There was a couple other rifles that existed um, within that time frame that, that saw some extremely limited military use, and even some in some different cartridges, but for the most part, 30-06 stuck. And then the rifles that we're familiar with, like the 1903, less familiar with the 1917, and then the M1 Grand. Okay. Had we not been through two world wars, do you think the 30-06 would be what it has become? No. Right. Yeah. Because it was it was used so prolifically. Yep. There's so many rifles chambered in it. Yep. I mean, so many people got probably good at making it, all that stuff. And then... All these other cartridges that we know and see today started being, you know, they were a little deviants of it, if yep. you will. Deviants probably the wrong word, but variations, variations of it. Uh, I knew where your head was at. <laughs> yes, yeah. deviations, deviations. Yes, deviant deviations, deviant deviations. We we would not have cartridges like the two seventy Winchester, the two eighty Remington, the twenty five out six, the three thirty eight out six, the thirty five Whalen. And then maybe a little bit bigger stretch, the 308 Winchester, the 7mm 08, the 358, the um, 243, the 260. Right. And, and then, then if you want to go an even bigger stretch, yeah. you say all the ones that came off of those. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so in, in like so many ways, family tree. This, right. is, this is the, the trunk of that great tree, uh, that cartridge family tree Mark's talking about. And then from it branches many fabulous things. Ryan, let me ask you this though. Yeah. All those cartridges that you just listed. Yep. Spouted off. What are they doing that the thirty out six can't? Usually just picking up velocity in BC. Okay. Um you, you get a an advantage there. So if we neck it down, obviously we've been over this in a lot of different mm-hmm. podcasts. We can mm-hmm. neck it down, get it make it better. Yep. You can make it go faster. It, but you know, so like I have a three thirty eight out six, which is just an out six that's been opened up to accept a thirty three caliber bullet. Um, it doesn't really give anything up in speed and actually just kind of adds horsepower and, and in similar bullet weights, adds speed. It, it's an interesting thing. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. So, like, if I shoot a 180 out of my 338.6, I can push it faster than I can push a 180 out of my three th- or my 30.6. Oh, okay. Um, oh, you, right, because you're taking up more case capacity with the 30.6 and a 180. Yes. It's a longer bullet. Yeah, All but right. I, I'm losing sectional density and I'm losing uh, ballistic coefficient. I'm trading it for a little bit of muzzle velocity and some, you know, cross section, some frontal, yeah. mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. frontal space. But it is really quite an endearing cartridge. And after all this time, has not really let up. We just no. we just held our hunter site in last week here at Vortex, and we had a little over 300 shooters come through, and the number of 30 out six cases hitting the ground was incredible. It's, what what yeah. would you say, like percentage wise, of, of folks rolling through the door with their deer rifle having to be a thirty out six? A gross majority. Yeah, yeah. And bringing it to today as well, the thirty out six, I think sometimes gets a little bit of a, a wrong, oh, I don't know, conception around it, misconception around it like, that it's just kind of like, oh, it's it's kind of just yeah, daddy's deer rifle. It's not that accurate. It's almost like 
It was good for back then. Yeah, yeah, a, exactly. We good got modern back, stuff yeah, now. Yeah, like it's it's some old fifties pickup truck, you know. And it's oh well, now we got computer screens and stuff. Yeah. So I mean, that it's just unfounded, right? Yeah, I, I mean, so the case design is what speaks to me the most. Like, it is such a useful case. It is not excessive in any way, shape, or form, nor is it um, underwhelming. It is just remarkably ideal for the caliber and for the bullet weights that it fires you know we can make some arguments towards a 308 as being darn near ballistic equivalent but there still is an advantage to the ot6 especially when we're working into heavier weight bullets and then when you combine this with phenomenal bullet technology and incredible powder technology and then modern sport optics and really good rifles you give nothing up for like the global hunter i mean you afford yourself Little to nothing to jump up to, say, a 300 wind mag, except for recoil and a little bit more horsepower. This load is a 180 GMX, so this is like a bonkers tough bullet. So it's a gilding metal alloy homogenous bullet design. Um, This is like elk, moose, caribou. Not ideal for grizzly, but would probably do it in a pinch. Any planes game. It's a 180 grain projectile at 2820. Like, that's cooking. And it's it's packing a lot of punch because it is a very strong bullet. This is a bullet I would be confident with to any distance that I would shoot any cartridge mm-hmm. hunting game. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Several years ago, Mark and I set out with a um, a really lightweight mountain rifle from Kimber that we have here at the shop, a Mountain Ascent. I mean, absolute flyweight of a gun, a little over five pounds. Had we a break were, on it. Yeah, had a break on it. We were shooting the 178 ELDXs out of that gun, and what did you use that for? I was going on a Idaho black bear hunt okay. in the spring. And we did the numbers on it, and with the BC of that projectile, at the muzzle velocity that it was shooting, it was emulating a 300 wind mag with a 180 grain soft point, like to the inch. To, yes, and, and it was doing it in a smaller, lighter, lighter recoiling rifle. And that, that thing is just, that's a famous rifle around here. Paul Neese killed a great bull moose with it in Alaska last year. And, and it carries like a dream. I mean, it, it it's such a good cartridge, so well-balanced. It's not too much. It's certainly not too little in mm. any stretch of the imagination. It is such a wonderful cartridge. That was a, that was an eye-opening experiment. Not experiment, but, you know, exercise. That oh, yeah. Just getting that gun dialed and with that load and chronoing it and kind of looking at your drops and you kind of scratch your head a little bit and yep. go, huh. Yep. And, and to your point and to Jim's point earlier, a lot of people do have this – stigma surrounding the cartridge that it is somehow anemic and antiquated right when in, right in inefficient all, yeah yeah just misconceptions well, yes when in all reality it has lost nothing and has probably gained more for me personally in the past decade than almost any other cartridge the more i hunt and the more i shoot the more i ask myself like why don't i only shoot this yeah right and this goes back to something that we've talked about before. We talked about it in the 6.5 Revolution podcast, but, you know, there's a lot of innovation for just innovation's sake, you know, just the sake mm-hmm. of making new stuff. And now, do I think that maybe some of the troops in World War II would have enjoyed having today's modern AR-15 shooting 5.56, carrying a lot more ammo and a lot less heavy package than a M1 Grand? Maybe. Maybe not, also, because the M1 Grand, I, I don't want to take anything away from that. But... Don't, don't don't get yourself in the hot water, Jim. No. What did I already say one time? Somebody thinks, it, you know. You hate 1911s. All right. right. <laughs> um, okay. But uh, Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, no problem. 
But I mean, you look at this thing, and it's just like it, you ask somebody to just generically draw a cartridge on a piece of paper, and they they pretty much draw this because it's just it looks it's dimensionally and scale wise and all that stuff. It just works. Yep. Let's touch real quick on bullet selection, Ryan. Yep. Let's go small to big. I have fired the smallest projectile, a 110 grain V Max. The largest projectile, a 240 grain Sierra Match King. And everything in between. Not everything, obviously. There's hundreds of different bullet options. But um, my favorites are the 130 grain Barnes TTSX. 130s? Yeah. Ooh, what's and that thing cooking at, you know? 32 and change. Oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah, it's spicy. Um, that is spicy. And then the... Uh, come into big favor for the 178 grain Barnes LRX mm, out of mm-hmm. that. So that's mm-hmm. that's the current load that I'm shooting in that gun. Is So one of those is a solid copper bullet? Both. Oh, both of them? Yep. Okay, got it. Yep. So the t- I didn't realize the LRX was. Yeah, so it's their high BC, um, you know, potentially lower velocity threshold expanding solid copper bullet. Okay. Yeah. Which is funny because I still don't shoot them farther than like five... 550 yards like that's as far as i'll go with kind of anything but they both do very different personal things. limitations yeah correct they both do different things uh, i really like the 130s because i can flatten that trajectory like crazy mm-hmm. um and i'm 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 carving out a, a lot of drop from the drop chart and just this real nice recoiling flat flat great for western species like pronghorn and mule deer i've killed whitetails with it too the 178s they just happen to shoot really good in my gun Okay. Yeah. I said 178, 175. Uh, they shoot really good in my gun. The 178 ELDX, though, from mm-hmm. Hornady is another real surprising one, too. And the factory-loaded option out of that Kimber, for instance, was so flat and so nice to shoot for how heavy that bullet was and how high BC that bullet was that that was a, a deadly combination. And, again, it, it took a moose. Did you kill a bear with it? I didn't, no. Okay. Great cartridge. Great bullets. Options. I mean, the 30 caliber palette is huge and you can get everything from you know fast expanding varmint type bullets like that 110 v max all the way up to heavy bonded or homogenous bolt designs that are great for moose elk bears i mean we've said it before i think if we haven't said it before we should say it now but somebody asks about a gun that they can do literally everything with yep almost literally everything with it's the 30 out six yep not much that a man can't fix. Seven hundred dollars in a thirty odd six. Gosh, mm. ain't that the truth? Truer words never spoken. My mm. first, my first two deer rifles. I've said this before. Were odd sixes, and then kind of like these better, faster, stronger things. Uh, the modern gentleman's thirty odd six came out, <laughs> but I've like kind of drifted away with it. It's like, oh yeah, three hundred short, six five Creed. You know, maybe this. I mean, I don't have a ton of rifles, but the more. Like you said, Ryan, modern propellants, modern projectiles. It's like it's like I'm almost like drifting back. Like, why don't well, I just get up another thirty out, or why don't I just start shooting your, you know, build a different thirty out, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the pendulum swings, man. Mm-hmm. Back and forth. At the end of the day, it just comes back to a nice rest right in the middle. <laughs> right in the middle. What about? What, aren't there like some twenty-two options yeah, as the, well? Yeah. What's going on there? That's some wildcat stuff. I mean, so this. But I mean, can't you shoot a twenty-two projectile? Oh, out of you're a thinking, 30? yeah, Remington accelerators. Yeah, uh, my buddy's first coyote gun was a Savage one ten thirty out six shooting fifty-five grain Remington accelerators. 
So there's a sabo put around the projectile. That's what it is. Loaded yeah. in there. And you want to talk about something that looks like it was out of some sort of um, future space movie or Terminator or something is a Remington accelerator load. And Remington did this in a number of different cartridges. And I think 30, 30, 308, 30 odd six. I don't think they did a 300 wind mag. That would be heinous. But yeah, uh, a plastic effectively wad, we'll call it that, uh, Sabo, uh, encapsulating a 55 grain 22 caliber projectile. Sounds cool. Light speed, horrible accuracy. I was going to say accuracy, yeah. question mark. Absolute garbage, um, at least out of that gun. Uh, but it, it actually was pretty effective. If you get a coyote inside 150 yards, it was a very dead coyote uh, in short order. Almost no recoil to speak of. It was very pleasant to shoot, very loud. But it worked. Um, you can still buy the little accelerator uh, sabos, and you can load your own if you want. It just it feels good doing something with a thirty out six. I don't know, you know. It's it does. Like, it does. I. It's got sh- more soul. I shame myself every year I don't take it out. I was thinking about this because Wisconsin's firearms deer opener is coming up. I'm thinking about hunting deer in Wisconsin this year, and I'm probably going to grab that. Out I six. don't know why we were talking about this the other week. I, I have yes. a problem. The correct answer is yes, go. Well, okay. Right. We've successfully We're, taken up, as usual, more than more than our allotted ten minutes. Uh, but being that this is a holiday special, that's that, that's what this is, right, Mark? Yeah, this is part. This special. is part of the har- hol- holiday cartridge talk special. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, everybody! You've been asking for a very long time for this, so here it is. Here it is. It has begun. Right, right. I had one more question. It's you, the, all, you like to push that twenty it's, minutes, it's Mark. The, it's the holidays. People love to talk, Ryan. Uh, okay. You're gonna build. You're gonna Do build. It. This is about family and cartridges, Ryan. Okay, all right. or uh, Jim. Uh, you're gonna build a custom rifle, mm. maybe like AG composite stock, Manor stock, McMillan, something like that. Action of your choice, barrel of your choice, maybe a proof carbon, maybe something else. Do you build it in thirty out six? My first custom rifle, it's chambered in. 30-06 Springfield. It wears a man, or excuse me, an AG Composites privateer carbon fiber stock. This has changed over the years. Had an HS Precision. Now it wears that. I, this is information that I didn't even bait him into that, Jim. I didn't even know that. Jim's carried that rifle. What? Yeah. When we went that, we did that uh, that uh, holiday doe hunt. Oh, that was that that gun. Yeah, that's a nice gun. It's real lightweight, mild mannered, yeah. shoots very good. Holiday dough hunts, holiday cartridges. It's the holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. We're going to close this one out, Jim, right just sub 20 minutes. So I think it still counts as a 10-minute talk. Thanks, everybody, for listening. (laughs) And uh, look forward to the next one. See ya. Bye, guys.